0: Only when I have ceased to breathe will I be dead. I have led the entire human race to ruin. Someday you just can't get rid of a bomb. This a chopper!
1: You have been a good
2: boy. Have
1: a lollipop.
2: God. That was the speech. It was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. I, I love
0: Hi, welcome to Film Logic. This is Mike. We are a movie podcast about the films of yesterday, today, and tomorrow and all the fandoms in between. Adam, it's a brand new day yeah, it is.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm excited for uh I you know for the second, you know, second season. Part 2. Yeah, we did a whole year of yeah, this right? stuff. And it's been a wild ride, yeah, guys. And you know,
1: I'm. It's a it's a good day. It's a good day to be recording. I think. I, you know, the the writer strike. You know, kind of done. You know, the acting strike, actor strike, is still ongoing, but I'm sure uh, a resolution will be coming soon. But you know, it's now it's starting to you know leak out the you know the fallout. So I'm excited to see kind of. You know these new movies and shows that are getting going to get made or. Maybe some new shows that'll get canceled. I don't know. There's just a there's a lot to talk about in the
2: coming months. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: On this episode, we have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, if you don't know or you keep forgetting, this is a Retro Logic podcast, mm-hmm. and we're not just podcasts we are a discord channel with lots of cool conversations people share their old playstation n64 games and they go fanboy on all the switch games that are coming out so i love that if you like those kind of conversations and you like talking about L, you know uh, vinyls that you buy for your record player uh come on over to the discord all right advertisement done so, season two. Adam, do you want to just jump right into the movie talk?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I'm here, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, sometimes we have to waste the listeners' oh, right. time. But not in the new season, nope. No, absolutely not. Coming, coming out of the gate hot. hot, hot. hot. Yeah, I mean, right. there's, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. this episode.
1: I think there's some, there's some good content to talk about.
0: Well, legend has it that I saw movies that I want to talk about. So let's talk about movies. You saw something that you want to gab I sure about? Do. Sure do.
1: Show enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, and maybe this will be—you uh, know—maybe we can revisit uh, this more in depth later. I mean, I would love to do a um, a comparison between you know some of the big huge sci-fi titles that came out this year um but this past week the creator came out which was very very good mm-hmm. i enjoyed it a lot um it was directed by Gareth Edwards who did um of course rogue 1 uh yeah it it was it was very it was very good i mean it was very solid sci-fi you know it was um it's everything that you want from you know kind of a like a like a low fa- like for lack of a better word like a low fantasy sci-fi movie right like it's um mm. it's not like blade runner or star wars where the tech is kind of too far into the future this definitely this movie yeah. felt like the technology could drop tomorrow um so the premise of the movie is that mankind created these robots and then in order to make them more lifelike, more human-like, they created this AI and it essentially created this new um, this new kind of life form and um, sadly there was um, an accident that happened, uh, a nuke went off and it decimated a you know a portion of uh, the LA and um, after that event, um, the U.S. government and, like, North America kind of banned AI and uh, they kind of went about destroying these synthesized humans. And, uh, however, this, like, republic of, you know, Asian nations, you know, disagreed and they continued to, you know, improve and work with these AI, saying that AI wasn't a the problem. These robots weren't a problem. So, of course, what does America do other than what it does best and declare war on uh these nations and um part of their process is to destroy um you know this kind of a i thought leader this you know scientist this computer scientist um and that's kind of where the movie um really kind of kicks in with John David Washington he plays this um you know this u.s um you know spec ops agent and he's sent kind of undercover to find this um quote-unquote creator and um you know his life kind of goes sideways and the the movie kind of follows along his um his journey in you know finding this creator and yeah so like I, i don't want to get you know too stuck in the mud this isn't you know, really, uh, uh, what, uh, this episode's totally about, but other than just a a Mm -hmm. quick review, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's good. It's, it's very good. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't put it on the level of if you're, you know, if you're trying to expect, you know, Blade Runner, or, um, if you're expecting, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey, this isn't really quite that. This definitely feels, um, a step down in, Quality in terms of like the story and the storytelling um but the visual effects and the action sequences are all brilliant and you know this this movie had a budget of eighty million and um the c g i and it looks a lot better than the flash um wow. so the yeah the c g i and the acting the cast is is brilliant it's really great if uh it stars uh Gemma Chan um and ken Watanabe, as well as sean david washington who we mentioned earlier and um it also features a um a delightful i am I'm missing i'm forgetting her name but there's a a child actor that plays oh uh, a character named alfie her name is madeline yuna and usually you know kid actors you know they're they're missed more than they hit but she does she does an excellent job and, yeah, so that's, you know, that's my you know, quick review. You know, if, if I were to, mm-hmm. you know, thing, I feel like the movie could have benefited from, it, it definitely felt like it dragged a little bit in the middle, and it, it felt like it could have used maybe another 20 minutes. Um, you know, the movie is you know, a little over two hours, so not too long. Oh, and did I mention the music is made, is Hans Zimmern. So the music in it is fantastic, too. Ah. Um, But, yeah, it, it just felt like,
0: He's only allowed to do Batman stuff,
1: yeah, right um yeah it, it just kind of felt like um yeah, I could have used a little a little bit extra um, yeah, so like the yeah, the first half hour was really strong, and the last forty five minutes was really great, but the middle just kind of dragged a little bit, and uh I can't help but feel that they, they left a little bit on the cutting room floor i I'd be interested in seeing like a a director's cut or something, um, I can't help but think. Um it wasn't fully Gareth's vision. And um and it definitely and like I, I don't think about of this in every movie, but I think this movie would have benefited maybe a little bit from an R rating. I think it tried to um it, it, it did kinda of like the Marvel thing where there was like violence, but it kinda of was like it would turn the camera away from like the really you know, serious violence.
0: I thought you meant, like,
1: sleepy bullets. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, yeah it, it but it would be, like, the really bad stuff would just happen to the robots, kind of like a you mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, they're like, oh, they just beat the stuffing out of this dude, and it's, oh, it's not actually a person, so you don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? Um, right, but, right. Yeah, no, this is a... Yeah, so if you were going into it expecting more of like a Blade Runner or like a Minority Report sort of neo-noir sci-fi film, I would definitely say that this isn't Mm -hmm. 100%, you know, um, maybe what you're looking for. But if you're looking for just really solid sci-fi action-adventure movie, this is right up your alley.
0: Yeah, I mean, all I have is the poster. and uh, The poster gives me vibes of District 9 or Tom Cruise's Oblivion. Right. Just uh but you would probably say those movies are nothing like that. <laughs> no,
1: I mean that
0: I, I mean aesthetically, yeah, I would say
1: yeah, it's definitely it's, it's definitely along those lines and you know the the reviews are in and they're they're kind of mixed. I mean, I definitely you know, I don't I don't think it's, you know, Dune, but um it's got like a a 68 on um the critic um, scale and a 77 on the audience score, and I, I think it's somewhere in between there. I think it's you know it's around 7.4, 7.5. So, you know, definitely worth definitely worth a watch. Um, I I really enjoyed it in IMAX, but I, I just enjoyed that genre of, of movie. If you can wait, I definitely think this movie will translate pretty well to a, a TV screen when it comes to streaming.
0: Yeah, it's a it's about saving like a child that's a robot and. Getting them to a secure location, right? Would you say that's the the genre?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit more. Yeah, there's some twists and turns in there, Um, so it's not totally like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely along the lines of you know, male dad figure escorting a young you know a young child. Through um, you know multiple sides, and like you know you start you start mm. the uh, you know you start the movie and you're like oh the United States might have a point, and then you're like oh wait no, then, you know this other faction has a point and you're like oh wait maybe maybe not maybe this faction is right so there's you know there, there's a lot of
2: twists and turns.
0: Yeah, um, I'm thinking of the movie. Um, this is kind yeah. of like a sci-fi mm-hmm. trope of the. You live in the future, and there's this child with magnificent dot 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 DNA, uh, robotics, AI, and one person has to save it from an evil government or evil faction. I'm thinking of the movie Ultraviolet. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's um, a good comparison. <laughs> which I am probably guessing this is far, far better than Ultraviolet. Sorry. Milovich.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, quality, yeah, no, for sure, it it definitely Mm -hmm. blows it away. It's, you know, it it kind of falls to me, um, you know, it's, it's not like Blade Runner, where it's, like, so heavy under the weight of its own just, like, artsy pretentiousness, but it's, like, not quite fun, and campy enough to be Star Wars.
0: So it's kind of like this in-between sort of space. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like, oh my gosh, Avatar was beautiful. Let's, let's forget about its plot and just herald it as a beautiful movie. Um, mm. And this seems like it can do both, be beautiful, which I think it might win awards for its mm. beauty. And The story isn't half bad, I hear. And it seems to be the case with you. Yeah,
1: and I can definitely see this, um, the show um, becoming like a a TV show. I I think they left enough threads, and the world is really unique. Um, It almost kind of feels like um, Outer Worlds or, you know, kind of like not quite Fallout, but. That sort of, that sort of genre of, like, kind of this weird, um like, it's definitely futuristic, of course, Um, because, it, you know, it takes place in the future and there's robots and stuff, but mm-hmm. aesthetically, and, you know, it even kind of definitely makes references to the Vietnam War, and it kind of feels like, you know, 1970s aesthetic, if that makes sense. Um like they're they're running around the you know the the southern asian jungle in these like almost flak jackets and you know even the the transport planes kind of have a a Chinook helicopter sound to them as they fly and um even the music choices definitely kind of scream this aesthetic and mm-hmm. then it kind of does this weird you know switch pan jump to like you know the 1980s japan vision of 2020 you know where you know they have space stations and you know there's easy transport to move to the moon and earth because there's like
2: colonies and stuff like that so yeah it's 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 definitely interesting ah
0: well you'll be happy to know that i saw a sci-fi movie Ooh. and this grabbed my eye i was at the library which I call my uh, my, my second Netflix. <laughs> and so I, they have a lot of great movies at this library, very good at keeping things up. I saw this film called Jiu-Jitsu, which stars Nicolas Cage Ooh. and Tony Jaa. And I don't know if you're into the Kung Fu Love scene, it. but Juju Chan seems to be a big name. Mm. And so I'm thinking, just based off of the cover, this is going to be like a, you know, a karate tournament. Um, no, not exactly. It's about a halo-looking alien monster that came many, many years ago, taught everyone jiu as aliens are wont to do. And then every year it comes and it chooses six masters to fight. <laughs> And if, if they lose, it kills lots okay. of people. Now, this robot is totally OP. He's got a self-healing mechanism. And I'm pretty sure he has lasers and searing heat lava. So if that's jujitsu, I'm in. Like, I'm signing up tomorrow <laughs> to the gym. Um, um, it was a karate movie. And they built it kind of like Nicolas Cage was in the first three days of filming. And it was a $25 million budget movie. And he got $5 million of that budget. I'm learning mm-hmm. all this. He was also drunk and he drew a picture of the alien, the alien bad guy. And the director said, you know, this looks scary. <laughs> this is going to be our art. This is going to be our art. So... Already, this movie is at an awesome start, but it was, you know, it was pretty decent for being like a straight to DVD. Hey, look, we got Nicolas Cage. Originally, according to the notes of the movie, they were trying to get Bruce Willis, who's another guy who never turns down a role. Anyone who can whistle $5 million can get him or Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage kind of plays like the. He's like the Raiden of the Mortal Kombat game. Like, he's the smart, ancient one who knows all about the history of the alien. And he kind of takes the main protagonist under his wing. And he's like, oh man, you got to learn how to be brave in your jujitsu when you fight this Halo looking monster. <laughs> and then they kind of, they kind of like, they had to have added this line for Nick Cage. They're like, oh, the alien won't fight me because I'm crazy. And it it gets no honor in fighting a crazy. No, that, man. that's fair. So they're like, you have to, you have to say that. But then later, uh, Nicholas Cage does fight him. <laughs> so I mean, I think there's no way Nick
1: Cage would be in that movie and he didn't at least get some licks
0: in. Yeah. So yeah, they have a pretty cool like samurai sword fight, which I didn't know is a part of jujitsu. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the amazing thing in America this movie's just called Jujitsu. Right. In other countries it's called Earthfall. Oh. Which tells you a lot more about the movie than the word Jujitsu. Yeah, that's like I know the that, weird. Yeah, the movie's a love letter to Jujitsu, kind of. But I you know, right. I don't know. It's
1: it's it sounds like one of those movies that is trying a little bit too hard to be crazy, but like it's also kind of trying to take itself too seriously. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like it's not like Bloodsport, mean... where it knows that it's ridiculous, but it like fully commits to being ridiculous, or like Street Fighter, right. where it knows that it's wacko, but it's like it, it's just gonna lean into it. This movie feels like it's yeah. trying to take itself like too seriously.
0: And, yeah, well, the movie, like, takes breaks for comedy. Oh. Uh, you know, in My Name is Earl, uh, the, the the husband that runs the Crab Shack, <laughs> he's got that amazing fro. He plays this soldier that plays, like, as a, he plays a Chinese interpreter. Okay. <laughs> you know, and he's just dropping these one-liners, and I'm like, I, I am here for this. Also, is Jitsu Chinese?
1: Know? I thought it was, like, Japanese. I
0: don't know. We're in China for reasons I don't wish to discuss. And you can't even say it's Chinese or Japanese. It's alien, oh, right. Adam. You're right, my bad. You're right. I So Um, it's good to know they also got Tony Jaw. Oh, if you've yeah. seen any of his they're amazing and I think they tried to do the things that he's really good at flipping around. Um Crushing like he goes through like wooden barriers to knee someone in the face. Like his style is you know muay thai, right.
1: not jujitsu, uh,
0: not jujitsu. But still, he looked cool. I didn't, I didn't question it. So <laughs> I think he's in the new
1: expendable movies. I just looked it up. Yeah, he's a, he's in the oh, new Expendables yeah. movie. I mean, to be fair, you and I are in the new Expendables movie.
0: Yeah, it's the... We're the last <laughs> heroes.
1: I'm... Not... I mean, par for the course, new season, same us. But I'm looking... Not to go on a bunny trail, but the cast for this is crazy. Like, 50 Cent is in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the, the 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 usuals are in here, right? Like, you know, Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren. And then it's, but then it's just, like, Random people like
0: <laughs> Megan Fox. Right,
1: exactly. And
2: you know, uh 50 Cent and Andy Garcia.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering you know, they, they need a female that's represents action movies. <laughs> right, right. And they got Megan Fox. Who who you know, she did like a movie where she was like a cute sniper. <laughs> like i think she wanted to do like like i'm a serious action mm. star so it's just it's just so weird that they it's a it's a movie about action stars and they had the whole WWE roster they could have right. hired including the women and they chose Megan Fox and 50 Cent right right i don't know Whatever, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: fine.
2: Um, yeah, but, yeah, but two two very different sci-fi movies.
0: Yeah, I mean technically, mine's the prequel to oh, yours. Oh, right, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Although there's no jujitsu in mine, I think. So I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I would love to do uh, maybe at some point, and maybe we can include jujitsu, but I'd love to do uh, maybe a, a comparison between, you know, Dune and Dune 2 and this movie, and um, maybe Rebel Moon when that, that comes out too. So, you know, it's definitely a, a good year for, for science fiction.
0: Right. And I do want to toot my horn that I know something cultural, Ooh, yeah. but apparently in China, someone wrote this amazingly complex time travel novel called The Three-Body yeah, Problem. Yeah, that book is so it, good. It a series, a, TV? a series that's probably going to fuse oh, me. Oh, for sure. Is
1: it is it going to be on like Amazon or feels like an Amazon thing? Uh, I think it's Netflix, Netflix. Okay. okay, I hope that's good. I mean, that's yeah. that's really good. Yo, that that book comes pretty highly recommended to me, so
0: Yeah. Um I'm afraid of that book, as I am afraid of um, Tenet, the movie, because everyone kind of built it up as like, oh, mm. you know, take notes, <laughs> you know, get the notes while you watch it. You're not going to understand this.
1: Well, I think what's really cool about um, the three-body problem is that it takes like a lot of other science fiction and like western stories take you know inspiration from the western canon but this one's definitely supposed to be more leaning into like a, a chinese eastern sort of aesthetic and yeah so that that that'll be that'll be cool to see um how that translates maybe maybe a little like <laughs> a little like stargate or something i don't know
2: it's either going to be amazing
0: or it's going to be so confusing <laughs> everyone's going to pretend like they right, know it right i mean and that's you know, and
2: that's what sci-fi you movies
0: know, are right <laughs> it's i mean like yeah memento everyone was so confused about right. memento right even i was like this was before google was like easy to access <laughs> right. So I was like, like I guess I'm never going to understand this
1: movie. you know? Yeah, and I think that's why some people have such a hard time accessing science fiction movies. Because they either, they have like, it feels like two different speeds, right? It's either Speed Racer yeah. or it's Akira. There's nothing, you know, there's no in-between.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then you have, like, remember in 1999, The Matrix. Everyone's like, oh, you're not going to understand it. Oh, it's so, it's so deep. Yeah. Dude, it's just like the world is not real. The right. Matrix. Hot take, The Matrix is
1: more like Speed Racer than it is like Akira. Right, right. Absolutely. Oh, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like The Matrix is definitely like it has to be on the Mount Rushmore of science fiction movies. But of it's course. definitely one of those movies where people pretend that it's a lot deeper
0: than it actually is. Right. I know. They they laid on the illusions and the allegories pretty right, right. thick. You know, youth pastors back in 1999 are like, yes, my boat has come. <laughs> you know, I know what we're going to be talking about for the next <laughs> eight weeks in <laughs> church.
1: <laughs> you know who was the one for real, you know, this guy named Jesus.
0: Yes, he's he's the real mate, the real Neo.
1: You want to talk about the Trinity? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this world is just the Matrix, man. You know, come to Zion, you know. for sure. For
1: sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, for sure, and uh, yeah, I think that 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 the definitely kind of turns people off the uh, the the sci-fi, right? Like the the pseudo you know the the pseudo pretentiousness of it but you know i i really do think that you know science fiction, fiction movies are accessible and yeah i think the success of movies like dune um are
2: you know, uh, you know a a really great a great thing for the the genre and you were
0: talking about dune 2 and but yeah, if you think about it, another episode just talking about 1999 mm-hmm. being like one of the best years for f- movie releases. because um, that was that was the year M Night Shyamalan's career skyrocketed. That was when The Matrix came out. There's yeah, there's probably a whole list of things that happened in 1999. Yeah, The World Is Not
1: Enough came out. Uh my i mean i feel like the mummy so the mummy came out i feel like that movie is so underrated um
0: you know who ruined that movie the rock
1: <laughs> no he's he's in the scorpion king not the mummy
0: oh well just the thought of him coming yeah that's fair
1: um man yeah.
0: toy story yeah. 2 tarzan naughty mile
1: everything i hate 10 things i hate about you
2: fight yeah.
0: American Beauty... Austin Fight Powers. Club, Iron
1: Giant... What a great year. Boonock Saints.
0: I would, I'm going to say this... And you know, the Xennials and Millennials will disagree. But like 1990 year... 1999 has to be the best year for, for movie making. I mean, making. The
1: Phantom Menace came out in 1999. I, I think this is an episode... We should revisit this.
0: Yes. It'll be right next to Dune Two and Three Body Problem, <laughs> and yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, this is the
1: uh, this is what you guys come for, right? Like this is <laughs> this is the this is the good
2: stuff. Stuart Little we came out in nineteen ninety nine.
0: What Stuart did? Little? Stuart Little. My... Everyone's favorite movie about the foster care system. Oh, I
1: remember going to the theater for that movie. Same thing with Inspector Gadget. What a year, Mike. You nailed it. Right, yeah.
0: 1999 for president.
1: (laughs) Movies just haven't been the same since. But, you know, for for every The Matrix and, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't even look at the comedies. But, you know, Wild Wild West came out. That's kind of bad. But, you know, Austin Pop... (laughs) Yeah, we're talking talk. about Austin Powers came out. This is who Shagged Me. Office Space Big Daddy
2: Superstar. Analyze this. Come on. The green The Green Mile.
0: Right. The Cider House Rules. Right. That's,
2: man, you really
1: You nailed it. And you know. The right? And you know, the the cherry on top is is Rob Schneider's seminal classic Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo
0: yes that's the movie that rewrote comedy
2: (laughs) right man what a a, Mike what a year
0: yeah I mean I'm gonna say that if we did a whole podcast on 1999 we could get at least three years of content
1: yeah no I totally agree and you know a star coming back from a former podcast, Fivol goes west?
0: Ah, uh, yes. Uh,
1: oh, Wait, no, Fievel it's Fivol goes west, but it's the it's Fivel, but it's called An American Tale: The Mystery of the Night Monster came out.
0: is that like a straight to DVD? Maybe.
2: Maybe I have an idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, sus. sus. <laughs>
1: And it wouldn't be straight to DVD. It was probably straight to VHS. <laughs> Man, yeah.
2: Well, that was... What a
1: what a throwback. That was a fun yeah. trip. No, we'll yeah, we'll definitely have to come back to it.
0: Check out this segue. So, in 1999, um, Nicolas Cage was in that movie, Bringing Out the Dead, which was a great movie. I... Um which was done by Martin Scorsese. Oh. Speaking of Martin Scorsese, he's been in the news because he's been um, t- to use to use a Simpsons mm. quote um, mm. when they're talking about this news article about old man yells at cloud. <laughs> I've, I kind of get vibes like he's the old man yelling at clouds, been. like slow down, you know, you know, you know, stop going, you whippersnappers. He's been very verbal, and he keeps bringing it up in articles about how much he dislikes superhero I know. movies. Yeah, he really... Now, my question <laughs> is, are, is the presence of superhero movies making other filmmakers not want to make movies? Has it totally destroyed like every other genre? Because mm. if that were true, I'd see some credibility in what he's saying.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's
1: it's such a, a a complicated. I think it's a it's a complicated conversation, which is why you know we're definitely having this conversation. Um, and I think the I think the really what kind of irks me about the situation is that Corsese I think, is right in some aspects but he's wrong about who he's upset about and who's upset at and i think he just comes off as really bitter and out of touch and um yeah so i mean we could we could we could break it down but but mike what do you how do you how do you feel about it because you know i i yeah i'm just curious to see how you how you feel about it
2: I mean,
0: he's talking about a genre, and it's a genre issue, and it's old as time. Like, ooh, that rap music is junk. Ooh, how do you listen to rap? Well, thankfully, there's millions of other genres you can listen to. Like, totally. Like, there's radio stations and Spotify playlists. You know, just because rap is doing well doesn't mean other music went away. Same with movies. Just because these family companies that have trillions of dollars are really into superhero movies, it didn't mean that the other directors went away and stopped making their movies. In fact, there's whole streaming services and platforms to indie and art movies and neo and, you know, these other films. You just got to look for them. And so you can't get upset that people love something. Unless the unless like there's some connection like oh superhero movies are doing so well that people are abandoning their artistic projects for it and you know maybe I'd see some credibility if he was saying that right right and
1: I mean maybe we should should we read the quote Do you have the quote on hand maybe this will give uh, I feel like maybe that's where we, <laughs> maybe we should have started um but yeah so he I mean. I think you nailed kind of the the gist of it there Mike but um but the just the yeah. oh, I'm trying to find it the quote but um yeah I I, I think you really you, you nailed it there Mike I think the that's the the, the rock hard gist of it and um and it, yeah but to me it just kind of it kind of just Stings of 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 sour grapes and um mm-hmm. and also just kind of I I don't want to say these he seems out of touch but it it just screams like he's out of touch so um here's the here's the uh the full quote um got yeah, it's from a an article on Variety um and he says uh the danger there is what it's doing to our culture he said. Because um because there are going to be generations now that think movies are only those. That's what movies are. Um and um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's so the question about um so the question was when asked about those um at a sprawling profile on GQ, director Martin Scorsese discussed comic book and franchise culture. Um and when asked about those kind of blockbusters, Scorsese said that their omnipresence could be negative to audiences aren't well versed in other types of film. Um and then he goes on to say uh which means that we have to fight then to, to come back stronger and it's gotta come from a grassroots level. It's gotta come from filmmakers themselves. And you'll have, you know, the the, the safety brothers this sorry the Savdi brothers and you know, Chris Nolan, you know what I mean? Hit him off hit him from all sides. Hit him yeah. from all sides. Don't give up let's see what you got and go out there and reinvent don't complain about it but it's true we got to save cinema but and it, you know i for for me i want to start where i think he's right um i i do think that you know the you know the dangers of um you know these these franchise movies and these comic book movies I think have definitely done a disservice to the movie industry. I mean, the it's you can definitely see it's directly responsible for the death of the mid-budget movie, right? Like it's yeah. Um, you know, you can't you know, when was the last time that you know, a uh, a rom-com that wasn't supported by a viral marketing campaign like Barbie, you know, got any kind of mm-hmm. traction like You Got Mail or you know, fi- you know 51st date. Yeah. Right, and you know, comedy, comedy movies are have been pretty much you know pushed to the side, and it, you know they they come out just you know straight to, to to DVD or to you know to to streaming. You think what was the last time Adam Sandler made a movie? Well, it was probably like I don't know, Hubie Halloween Two or something that's on Netflix, right? Like these things aren't getting you know these these movie theater releases, and yeah, like the the franchise culture, I think, is definitely. Killed it off,
0: right? And I, you know, I think, I think we're stuck in like a rumination where everyone believes that like there's like three rules to superhero movies. One, you have to spend at least three hundred million dollars on it, and that's a rule that I don't think you have to follow or should follow. Look at
2: Blue Beetle. Yeah. You know it's yeah, yeah.
0: the other uh, like I was going to say, the other rule is that it has to it has to lead somewhere, it has to go to like some bigger universe and it has to spawn like eight more movies and be, have spin-offs, and I don't think that's a rule that you have to follow either yeah
1: for for sure and i I, I totally agree, um, but where I think Scorsese is wrong. Is when he says that these movies don't have any value, or that these aren't art, and people that like those things don't like cinema and don't like art because the language, the language yeah. that he's using there, right? He's like, we gotta save cinema. Is that he doesn't think that, he doesn't think that superhero movies are film. He doesn't think that those movies are cinema, and you know that's that's just wrong, right? Like it's, you know, I dare you to watch, you know. The you know end game and um and not be emotionally moved right there there there's tons you know yeah. these, these movies you know Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy you know and
2: right. and to say that these movies aren't film or cinema is is ridiculous absolutely I
0: mean to call anybody's like story work not like a movie or like you're not following the rules of film is kind of
2: narrow minded like it would be like i don't know the person who
0: wrote um gosh i'm trying to think you know pride and prejudice right. you know looking at like the meg series or harry potter series and like that's not a novel that's not literature you know, all books need to look like *Pride and Prejudice*.
1: Jane Austen. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, no. She would. That. Right, ex- exactly, and you know, I I think it's just really, you know, it, it's so short sighted from him, and especially when you kind of look at, you know, Martin Scorsese's filmography. You know, you know, obviously what comes to mind is like *Taxi Driver*, *Raging Bull*. Um, you know, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, you know, besides all having Robert De Niro in them. Um it's it's movies that are made for a very specific audience, right? It's aimed at the you know, eighteen to thirty-five, you know, thirty-five to fifty white male moviegoer, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not taking your your kid sister to go see The Departed, right? Like, there's there's no way. But to say that because, you know, um, Wolf of Wall Street is more mature and deals with more mature themes doesn't make it more art than, you know, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which also deals with very mature things but in a way is more accessible to more people, right? And I think accessibility is in and of itself something that is so great about movies is that it's the great equalizer, right? Like people are able to access um, art and movies in particular and to make it more relatable to the common person and to a wider audience is an art form in and of itself. And that's really what comic books are, right? Like comic books are just, you know, they're just a rebranding, with you know lights and sounds, of you know classic stories told eons past, right? Like it's the story of, right. of good overcoming evil, and you know what's more artistic than that?
0: Yeah, it's Greek gods with uh, technology and karate. <laughs> right, exactly, and you know not you know. And I I agree. Do
1: I think that you know most you know most superhero movies that come out you know are they You know, cinematic masterpieces? No. But to just Mm -hmm. dismiss them as less than because it's not, you know, it's not, you know, good fellas is pretty
2: ridiculous. Right. And, you know, you stumbled
0: upon the fact that, like, children spew out money without prejudice. So, of course, you know, the studios are going to they're going to tap into that and say, you know, some 8 to 13-year-olds are really going to love this, and they're not going to judge it like someone who watches Goodfellas. So, I mean, do I like that lazy approach to movie making? Not necessarily. I, I want my kid to watch quality <laughs> stuff. Right. Um, But at the same time, sure, I would do it too if I knew all the 8- to 13-year-olds were spending money (laughs) on whatever comes out that has a shield. Right, right.
1: And, you know, it's, it's so ridiculous to say that, like, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, just because it came out in 1937, is, you know, is any better or any more of a cinematic masterpiece than, you know, something like Treasure Planet or um or something that, you know, came out in you know in twenty twenty three. Like um just because it's a modern animated movie, you know, doesn't make it any less of, of of quality, right? Like you know, I think it's easy to make fun of um, you know, the Paddington movies, right? Like the kids movies, but you know, it's it's also like one of the highest rated movies of all time. And to say like
0: They got the Queen to be right, in that exactly. movie. Exactly.
1: And you know just because it's not you know 2001 a space odyssey because you know it it doesn't <laughs> because its main core message is about kindness and loving other people like is is that any less art than you know a clockwork orange where the the message is the exact opposite like n- no like it's right. it it's you know it's ridiculous and it's, yeah, you know, and sure, if you want to, so I, I think what I want to say is, in in conclusion, I think Martin Scorsese is right in his anger, um, but I think he's directing at mm-hmm. the wrong people. Like, I don't think it's fair for him to take a shot at moviegoers that enjoy those movies. I don't think it's fair to take a shot at, you know, superhero movies and say that they're not art. But I do agree that you know it's superhero movies. As a, as a franchise idea on a, on a mm-hmm. business level, I think that is definitely a problem, and it's very problematic. And I think he's right if he was directed right. at that. But that's not the, ro- the road he's taking.
0: Yeah. You know, and I am totally for challenging directors in Disney, Warner yeah. Brothers, you know, whatever's huge, Miramax, yeah. you know, to move yeah. on find the next fun thing and stop milking it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's,
1: and because at the end of the day, you know, something that's mass produced like that isn't art. Right. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not, um, like on a, on a, on a corporate level like that. Right. But in the, the individual stories, like, you know, that we got this year with like Spider-Man across the spider verse, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um like mm-hmm. those like those things are it is art and it's not corporate BS, right? And um right. and it's not garbage and it's not you know it's it's not trash. Like it's you know, it's it's good and it's quality and to you know to paint with such a large brush. And you know, I, I think that there are valid critiques of you know the system as a whole. And we you know, we've said as much on the show. How we feel about it, and I think we agree. Right. And you know, I I think it is. I think it's you know it's awful when you know Marvel puts out another mm-hmm. Ant Man movie, um, and you right. know like when you watch that movie, you're like, yeah, Scorsese's got a point, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, you know you you can't you can't paint with such a large brush like that.
0: Yeah. This is the year where we learned that just because you have a hundred million dollars doesn't mean your movie deserves to be right. made.
1: Oh, yeah. for sure. And I, you know, I, I think studios are going to be a lot more cautious going, you know, into the future. I, I think between the lessons that they learned from the uh, the writer strike and um, kind of what has been making money at the box office, I think a lot of studios are are really reconsidering um you know, what what they're gonna do. And I think that there's a lot of movies that are coming up that will really be a barometer about what the what the movie going public want to see. You know, mm-hmm. Scorsese's upcoming film, um, Killers of Flower Moon. I think that'll be that'll be something to, to, to watch. Um I think the um the Napoleon movie with Joaquin Phoenix is gonna be something to watch and Dune and as well as Willy Wonka i and for different reasons i think the willy wonka movie is going to be a, a real tell if you know if it does if it does do poorly um if it's received poorly you know about this whole like franchise idea but if dune does well you know what does that you know what does that mean to the to, you know, to the studios i i think dune is an original product right and you know it's there is you know an original movie that came out patrick stewart but you know for for all intents and purposes it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty new fantastical movie but yeah so like i right. think these are movies to to keep your eye on and you know they're really gonna be make or break for these studios
0: mm-hmm. and nothing excites me more that uh zach snyder's rebel moon is not tied to star <laughs> wars yeah then we're all at the same level when we watch it. We all
2: mm.
0: we you know, you can't be smug about it and be like, oh you know, the prequel to s rebel right. movie was much better. Right, right. My only concern
1: is that it's Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, once upon yeah. a time he was coming out with bangers. Sure. And I don't know how you feel about Batman versus Superman, but yeah. That movie does give you the feels in some places. <laughs> And and that's what what's really crazy I think
1: is looking back from like where we're at with DC now and looking back to the Batman v Superman days you're like oh we had a good then <laughs> that's sad
0: yeah you know that was back when the plan right, made sense right. you know Mister Snyder's gonna lead us with all these hot bangers um, Patty Jenkins is gonna Copy his music. It's going to come into a beautiful chorus yeah. and end with a trilogy that the Justice League was supposed right. to be. It was supposed to be three movies, where one you kill uh, Steppenwolf, two you meet up with the Green Lanterns to fight Dark and three everything goes to ash, and it's like a it's a scorched earth, and they have to fight Superman. Right but that was, that was an alternate history timeline ruined by the Flash.
1: Ain't that the truth.
0: Yeah. But,
1: you know, and, and that remains to be seen. And, you know, I, I, I want to give, you know, I want to give Zack Snyder the, the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, these are the kind of movies like Rebel Moon, uh, th- those are the movies that are right in his wheelhouse.
0: Right. Like, I, I haven't seen his City of the Dead, Army of the Dead but apparently they're doing good. He's coming out with a sequel, so yeah.
1: For yeah, my my buddy liked it. I mean, Dave Otis is in that, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be all bad. <laughs> yeah, right, and yeah. So uh, in conclusion, Martin Scorsese
2: go kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, <home>, Grandpa. <laughs> right, and and
1: yeah. and it's so tough because. Again, like he has a point, and I agree with him up to a you know a certain point, but you right, know, like it's just it just it's like you said at the beginning, right? It sounds it seems like an old man just yelling at the clouds, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean the part that boggles me is good artistic movies didn't go anywhere, right, exactly. you know, there. Like give this man a subscription to Film Rise. <laughs> right. So he can remember the good movies still right. exist if he doesn't like the superhero stuff. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. I mean, you, even look at it this year, right? Like Oppenheimer, like that that's right up Scorsese's alley. And it, it did great at right. the box office because people want to see those movies. They really do. You know, and really You know,
2: what's taking the hit is this are these, you know, mid budget movies. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. right. Speaking of (laughs) high budget
2: movies.
0: (laughs) This is the meat of the show. This is why you came. Oh man. Netflix took a piece of it was my college life. Adam was probably your junior high life.
1: Yeah, I, I also like 14, 10, 10 anywhere between okay. 10 and 14.
0: Yeah. So just out of the blue, if I mm. said you have the director who made From Dust Till Dawn, Grindhouse, Predators, um, if you took that guy... Um, what kind of movie would he be coming out with in Netflix in 2023? Oh, you better
1: you you bet your britches! you we're getting like, you know, uh, a clone of Chronicles of Riddick.
0: Oh, that would be amazing! But the director of Once Upon a Time in Mexico and El Mariachi, and um, he it's is and also in charge of all the. All the spy hey. kids movies. <laughs> we're getting number five, unless you count um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl as part of the universe. Is it? I, don't I don't know. I don't know. It. It. it that was Mark Taylor Lotner's discovery, right, right there. Right. But so we're getting number five in the series, a Netflix original. You know, don't don't uh, cancel your Netflix subscriptions yet. We're getting Spy Kids 5. Armageddon. Armageddon. And my goodness, I have some opinions. <laughs> First, many people have probably already seen this. I don't want to say there's going to be too many spoilers. Okay, shoot. There's going to be spoilers because... My opinions are too strong um but so if you've been dying to watch spy kids armageddon uh turn us off watch it come back um i just wanted to film something that was semi-popular and new and talk Mm -hmm. about it
1: yeah no and you know I, i i think that this is i think this is a very interesting movie because I think it has it has all the right ingredients but what gets to the table is not the sum of its
0: parts yes right right and I I absolutely agree and I will be explaining what you just said in many different (laughs) words but just to start it off, this is a brand new yes. family. Um, Zachary Levi, he was great. Shazam. How could he fail here? Well, he started a family with two kids. Um, I'm trying to think of who, those, who Gina plays his wife. Gina Rodriguez, amazing actress. Um, they have I have to say, they do have some great chemistry in this show as like part-time spies, full-time married couple. Um, And then they have, like, these adorable kids who are just trying to get tablet time and trying to play uh, weird free-to-play pay-to-win games on their Nintendo Switch or their cell phones or their, I don't know, the game High Score comes out and it hacks into the spy network and it steals the Armageddon code. And this armageddon code can unlock any door in this evil bad guy who sometimes lives inside a game, sometimes doesn't live inside the game just wants everyone to play this game to learn how to be better people and it gets kind of murky after that cuz not really sure anyone's agenda um did you think i gave that a a good rundown of the movie um yeah i i think i would
1: also um i would also throw in um just the uh i think part of what made the original so wonderful and charming um was kind of like again like it 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 knew it was goofy and silly and it leaned into it with the aesthetic of the movie and it, it just yeah. kind of felt like they were again like trying too hard. It just kind of felt like Ready Player One if that makes sense.
0: Right. Like the original Spy Kids like it had like weird architecture and like flying pigs right and like bubble gum that punched you. <laughs> right. and, and this movie was kind of like we're too cool for that you know we're going to do office buildings and you know we'll still throw in a skeleton or two but that's right, all you're right. getting
1: and it, you know it didn't have any you know it didn't have any of the, the 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 charm right of um of the first one and i think that you know this movie kind of really i i don't want it i don't want it to seem like i'm coming from a place of nostalgia, right? Where I was like, oh, the you know, the original Spy Kids was so great, I love them so much, you know, because it's just so much better. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, there's,
2: I don't know, it, it just didn't have, you know, it didn't have that, that charm in it, you know?
0: Right, right. And I think part of the problem is they relied too much on Zachary, yeah. Levi, be like the dorky dad who he's a spy, but also really incompetent. Like they couldn't have made him more of a like a goof. Right. Like his wife and his kids just constantly saved him. And <laughs> I mean, he's like, oh, no, I can't fight. Oh, no, I don't know how programs work. Right, right. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think part of it, too, was, like, you know, they just didn't have, um, they didn't have, like, a, a villain, like, Alan Cumming was in the first one, like, he was just, he was just such a great kind of eccentric, but, like, evil villain, and, I don't know, it just didn't feel, I don't know, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, like you said, it didn't, yeah, I didn't have a, that, that charm.
2: I, the movie made some weird, like, story bits and philosophy.
0: It got too obsessed over its technology. Like, Zachary and, you know, Gina Rodriguez are two parents concerned about their kids. And do, do they need tablets? Why are my kids so obsessed with tablets? Um, you know, they don't need it. And that kind of built into the well. Now our kids sneak around us to get to this game called High Score, which unlocks this you know, steals this deadly code, which unlocks every door. Um, so like I like that philosophy. Like oh yeah, you know they're speaking to the parents, you know, because parents are always wondering what, how much technology is enough or not
2: enough in 2023
0: Um, but it's it's said in such a way that was like it's like the movie didn't know if it wanted to be like a like a strong philosophy on parent topics or if it wanted to be like a goofy and fun movie so you get like weird scenes like the um when zachary and gina are like driving in a car and they get this casual message like oh someone broke into our servers and, uh, could you drive by and stop them? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we'll do that, you know? Like, such a casual break, in like, this guy in metal armor and his thugs are just breaking in, and they're like, oh, you just want us to drive by and just take care of it? Sure. And, so, you know, they
2: walk in, they're like, oh, hi, stop breaking in and stop stealing stuff. Like, if this was a spy network. um.
0: If this was like a spy network, I know you're trying to hear me. Can you hear me better? A little better? bit of fun. Yeah, if this is a spy network, like, shouldn't they be freaking out that like terrorists broke into right, their right. servers as we speak? So it's just like weird choices
2: mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, for for sure, and yeah, like, and
1: part of like what made you know the first you know the first three movies um so so great i think especially the, like the first trilogy is that even um even the adult cast was still it like you like you were saying like it they didn't feel like the punchline if that makes sense right like it wasn't like you know antonio banderas haha he's funny cuz he's you know, he's a doofus, but he's like, no, he's, he's really cool and charming and suave. And he's Antonio Banderas. And he's, you believe that he's a spy and you, you believe that he could do these things, you know, all the things that he, he said that they, he's supposed to do. um. And it, it just felt more, the world just felt more believable. And yeah, I think that's part of like what was missing in this one. Like you were saying, like, there there's just some, some
2: weird choices.
0: Like In the first five Kids, you want to be like your parents because your parents are right. so cool. In this movie, your parents are idiots. You have to correct them all the time. You have to tell them what's really going on because they're just incompetent dupes. Right. And I mean, and that's the kids. The kids have like, they have to fill their parents in on what the true moral of the story is. They have to tell their parents how technology works. Um, This Armageddon code that we find out this Armageddon code has so much background story I wish the kids had anyone in the family had as much background in character building as the (laughs) Armageddon code we we learned that the kid accidentally did a math equation and made this Armageddon code Mm. Um, you know so these kids are like you know parents stop messing up
2: let us fix the problem and,
0: you know, it's, I think that's, like, a switch, maybe a switch in, like, how kids view their parents. Like, early 2000s, we look up to mom and dad. 2023, mom and dad are not relevant. <laughs> they need to be corrected. Yeah, and I, I don't, yeah, it it just
1: feels like, um, it feels like such a step back. I mean, it, that feels, like, that
2: kind of trope feels just so, like, you know, 2008, 2010 to me, you know?
0: Jennifer Garner, and it was all about, like, each parent and each kid in the family had, like, relevance and had their own strengths and weaknesses and you know, everyone had their own voice, and I didn't feel like that in Spy Kids. I didn't feel like anyone had in the family had mm. chemistry.
1: Yeah, for sure. And mm. have you seen um, the movie Mitchell vs. Machines?
0: No, but I hear good things. Yeah,
1: about it. and I think it's more—it's it, along the lines of what you were just saying, Mike. But like each of the each of the characters in the movie like the of the family they have they all have their own identity and they all um make up this family unit they all have positives they all have negatives um but they all just work together well and nobody and 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 nobody is a specific is specifically the butt of the joke right um and instead it's more like it feels like a real family right like each family has quirks everyone is is a little different but they all bring something to the table in a in a positive celebrated way and um yeah and yeah exactly exactly what
2: you're saying like it it just doesn't that doesn't feel that way in this movie hilarious thing so
0: the spy network the OSS Um, They wake up one day to find that this video game, this high score, is hacked into every program, right? You have to play the game if you want to unlock your smart door. You have to play the game if you want to use the ATM. And so this high score game is everywhere. Yet when the OSS, like, talk to the kids, the kids are like, it's the creator of the high score game who's behind this. Like, the OSS are so surprised. (laughs) Him?
2: it's amazing like you didn't figure that out the guy's game is what's hacked into everything you really needed a kid to tell you that <laughs> right like what are we what are we doing I mean, here yeah And the fact that like all, every adult in the world is horrible at this game like like as a
0: gamer myself i don't understand the the value of this high score game. One, it can be played on Nintendo Switch with controls and somehow have PS5 graphics, which is the hardest thing to believe in this fantasy movie. Um, Second, it can be played on keyboard where you just hit a few keystrokes and your character does like super kicks. And then in another part, you can go virtual reality and use your brain to hop over like go platforming and destroy bosses. Right. It's actually a very fast game where you just have to jump over a few blocks and fight a boss and fight the last guy. And no one's beaten this game before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nobody and only
2: kids. (laughs) Only kids with morals in their hearts can beat it and no one's done that. (laughs) Right, I mean that's what they're missing,
1: right? A childlike sense of innocence. Yes. Um,
0: yes. Like in our day and age, like people beat like um, Star Starfield, right? Like it came out and people spent all night playing it and beat it. Heck,
1: people beat mm-hmm. like the first two hours of Starfield before it came out because somebody hacked it.
0: Right. And so this new game comes out and, like, everyone's, like, an idiot. Like, how do I beat this boss? When in reality, someone would have
2: speed run the game. Right. Beat it 30 <laughs> seconds. act all the good right. equipment. Exactly. Exactly. And,
1: you know, even the, um, you know, the, the part of, like, what was really great about you know, the spy kids movies, and then coming, you know, watching them as a kid, and then coming back as an adult, is that they definitely put stuff in for the adults, but even like this yeah. movie you're watching, they're like, "What? Why is an adult am
2: I watching this?" Right, right. It's like it skipped us. It's kind of like it's kind of like a middle finger to those who grew up with spy right. kids. Right, right, and you know. <laughs>
1: My favorite still dialogue, you know, dialogues, the pieces of dialogue in any movie, you know, On My Mount Rushmore, you know, comes from Steve Buscemi's character. where He's like, does God stay in heaven because he's afraid of what he's or what he's created? Like that came from like a Spy Kids movie. That's such a hard line. And,
2: you know, there's just none of that charm in this. I mean the band kind of. He kind of reminded me of
0: like a a discount Alan Tudyk, um, which I kind of feel like that's where they were trying to channel. But like his whole thing is like, like people need to play my game because game theory changes people, makes them better people, and. Like, a part of me thinks that, like, Robert Rodriguez let his, like, eight-year-old daughter write the script. Because there's so many things that, like, only a child would understand. Mm. Like, okay, you have this Armageddon code, right? But you can also split it in half and put it in two different necklaces. You know how you can just, you know, highlight a code of, and just copy-paste half of it and put it together and just... or mm-hmm. Or you can, like, have the second half of the code, like, still unfinished, so the code only works a little bit, because everyone knows unfinished software just works a little bit. Right. And it's just, like, there's so much...
1: Kid logic. Like,
0: the fantasy... The fantasy in this is not, like, the cool worlds and the goofy, like, setups and the weird bad guys. The fantasy is, like, (laughs) ignorance towards how technology works, like... It's such a fantasy that we don't understand how technology works.
1: Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah.
2: So, uh, overall, on a rating, what do you what do you give in this? You know, uh, this is not a movie
0: that like like I'm I'm sad because it has Zachary Levi, and I just think that man oozes fun and charm. And it's taken us so long to realize that he's actually a great actor and he deserves to be in a lot of movies um and this movie doesn't utilize him, though I did appreciate the chemistry between you know Gina
2: Rodriguez and Zachary Levi like it's not enough to justify just you know just
0: the mechanics of this movie and how like is not is not right. fun. Right. Like I know
2: kids will get a kick out of like kids beating up skeletons and robots and you know
0: using technology that looks fun. They'll they'll like that. But like anything else is just not worth the ride. Right. And you know, I get a a solid four. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I I think that that's definitely um, what you're saying is is part of the problem, right? Like, it's, it's, you know, it's a kid's movie, right? Like, it's supposed to have, you know, the wacky, goofy hijinks. It's supposed to have, you know, the outlandish action. Like, that's all expected, right? Everybody wants that. But it has to be built on a bed of substance, you know? And, yeah, this movie just didn't
2: have it a whole story where, uh, you know, a code that opens
0: up doors? Is that what's trending? Is that what's cool? Like, didn't the other ones have flying pigs and, like, large thumbs that knew karate? Like, this one is, like, betting on the fact that you'll get excited about a watch that can open up doors.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, it, it definitely sounds like um, this uh, um, this story seems like somebody took a focus group of you know six to ten year olds about what they like, and then they like compiled it as adults and then pitched it to Robert Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like an adult, an adult interpretation of a kid focus group of a plot.
0: Like, they knew kids wanted to tamper with their mom's
2: iWatch. Said, ooh, let's build a movie around iWatch.
1: What what do the kids love? Oh, they love, you know, (laughs) they love doors. (laughs)
0: Doors. And they love it when adults don't know how to use it. Right, (laughs) oh,
1: you know adults, they have no idea how to use technology. Hey...
2: Uh
0: they also love, like, a uh, Fortnite. <laughs> so we're just going to build some kind of Fortnite thing. And, you know, and sometimes it's VR, sometimes it's third person, sometimes it's first person, sometimes it's strategy. Right. It's whatever our VX, our virtual effects right. can afford.
1: And even just that concept of, like, adults not knowing about technology is such, like, a, an outdated like, thing. Like, it made sense maybe in the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, right, when technology was really, there was such a steep learning curve for people over the age of, like, you know, 35, and it definitely was, like, a younger person, kid, sort of, you know, thing. But, like, now, to say that, like, Zachary Levi, who can't be older than, like, you know, 35, 40... To say that he has no idea how like technology works at all, like the baseline of under of understanding technology is so high
2: now, to to, to say that he's just like a total buffoon about it is like, the fact. Interesting. He
0: doesn't know where the manual switch is to open a secret door in his house. Something that he probably didn't. right, or at least was part of like the blueprint. Right. It. So, like, when you don't know where the knobs are in your own house <laughs> right, like that's a special kind of
2: ignorance <laughs> right, right uh, yeah
0: so, one thing I will give kudos to the movie is when Gina Rodriguez throws like a flash bomb, and the lights are flickering, and they're they're beating up the bad guys, um it did remind me of the Batman, in his, that that flashing light scene where he's getting, he's fighting bad guys and every time the lights flicker on, you see him doing a different move. Like, I have to
2: say, wow, that was a pretty artistic shot for (laughs) this movie. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, Yeah. no, for for sure. And it's...
1: and it's such a shame because it's like, why couldn't you just do this
2: for the whole thing? Right? Like, you were capable of doing this. So, why didn't you, you know?
0: I know we have to get to your score. Oh, yeah. But huge prison and social justice message at the end where the bad guy's like, he should go to jail. And then the little daughter's like, no, jail won't change him. Just let him play his game until he beats it, which is kind of a weird uh, punishment. But basically, the guy who shut down technology, shut down people from getting their SNAP benefits, shut down food markets, shut down the world's like economy with his game. You know, instead of going to jail, he has to live inside his game until he beats it. <laughs> Which he would have beaten it because he made the game. Right. Probably knows the code to, like, give himself infinite everything. Right. Right. And,
1: yeah. Again, why why does this child have opinions on prison reform?
0: Why is the uh, spy network saying, hey, that's not a bad idea. You know, we're going to throw away all our protocol. This little kid has a point. Yeah, because you said it with puppy dog <laughs> eyes.
1: Um no Mike, I mean I, I, I totally agree. I mean did you you said you said four, right, out of ten? Yeah, and yeah. you know, I, I, I'm right there with you. Um you know, I think I'm gonna give a little bit more maybe props to um a, a nod to Zachary Levi. And I, I do think aesthetically as kinda like weirdly ready player one as opposed to you know kind of the charm of the original three but you know i'm gonna give it a a five (laughs) um yeah so i mean yeah i think we're on the same page
2: here mike i i think yeah it's it's nothing to write home about wanted to make it relevant and there's a lot of like.
0: Moral of the day things. And a lot of foreshadow. Like They really beat you over the head with the foreshadow. Like when the daughter says to the son, you know, you shouldn't cheat at games. Cheating helps with everything. And then you think, okay, later he's not going to... He's going to do something honest, which is going to save the day. Yep, there it is. Check. Okay. You know. Yeah. Like... I feel like Robert Rodriguez is like I need to get the morals first, and then whatever's left in the budget's going to go to the fantasy part and the sci-fi right. part. Right, right, yeah, and uh, again,
1: like yeah, the, the the fundamental I think just flaw with this movie is again like it just doesn't have a base, right? It doesn't have a solid base. It doesn't know.
2: doesn't know what it wants to be right like it's not yeah it's just kind of listless it's almost as if um
0: martin scorsese (laughs) got into robert Rodriguez's head and he's like you know what we can't be silly and franchise
2: we got to make this relevant and cinematic Right. Ah, oh, boy,
1: yeah, and and it's such a disappointment, right? Because it, it it does feel like, um, kind of like what we said at the top, um, it has all the ingredients to be an awesome dinner, but
2: it just kind of falls flat, and it it's less than the sum of its parts. And that is Zachary Levi. He's a snack. (laughs) You can quote me on that. (laughs) Quote it. So. Mm -hmm. This was our. Probably our second. Maybe our third movie review. And
0: I, I was happy to do something relevant. Slightly new. And. Just see what the kids are up to. These days. And then. I'll horribly analyze it, and I hope that was fun mm-hmm. for you too. I had fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I got to watch this, and you know, with my wife saying, "Why are you watching this?" and uh, it's for it's for research. It's for a thing. <laughs> yes, people rely on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, season two starting strong with Spy Kids and Martin Scorsese. Mm.
0: Adam, I think this is going to be the start of a beautiful season.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a great, you know, a year looking back on it and, you know, at the end of our, our, our next season and looking
2: back, I think it's really going to be an exciting year. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon. October stamp
0: date, um, October fifth. Uh, there's going to be some horror movies and some scary movies that are coming out. Is there anything that tickles your fancy? Um, man, what a what a what a great question. This,
1: you know, horror scary movies aren't necessarily in my wheelhouse. I'm more of a I'm more of a like a, a slow burn psychological thriller. Like I like more. Um, you know the shining more than it if that makes sense um but uh that new hercule Perot movie a haunting in Venice looks pretty decent um I'll probably give that a go at some point but um yeah i mean i'm I'm not too into the 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 saws or um you know the uh I think that there's a new uh what is it uh what is was that movie um the possession movie.
2: Oh, oh Exorcist. yeah, Exorcist. the new Exorcist
1: movie. I know that's coming out. Those aren't really in my wheelhouse per se, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you? What do you? What do you think, Mike? I guess this isn't really my my area of expertise.
0: My wife and I are transitioning from, you know, ghosts and witches and demons to to our first love, which is people with. Uh, you know big knives with you know psycho disorders (laughs) you know that seems to be our wheelhouse so not necessarily saw which is like
2: hyper violent but more like weird stalkers and people with just like very bad brains (laughs) yeah for for sure um yeah, it, I mean this
1: is this is the the season the season for it, right? There's, it feels like there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff, and I think there's some good stuff that came out this year. I think Megan was a, a surprise hit. Um, Scream Six, I think, got
2: some pretty positive reviews. So you know, I, I think it was a, a good year for it.
0: Let's end on that. Thank you everyone who stuck with us on season one, season two. Just based on everything we mentioned, is going to be amazing. So, you know, enjoy the ride with us and tell us how
2: we're doing. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye and, you know, stay safe, drink lots of water, and I'm stalling for time. (laughs)
2: And goodbye.